0: Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. pray for them because if the devil's going to cut up he's going to cut up over there hallelujah that's why you have to keep praying for them and keep encouraging them hallelujah I appreciate you because for the most part you don't get paid for what you do but you are so instrumental and I just believe that God is going to reward you richly hallelujah because he has not forgotten hallelujah what you do for the music ministry here at Tabernacle of Praise Church. Let me go quickly to the word of the Lord. We have certainly enjoyed the goodness of the Lord. And I'm just hopeful that I can add my little two cents to it. So I invite you to go with me. I wish I had had done something to kind of tag the, the choir, but uh, uh, the, the Lord showed me early on that what he has in store for us is pointed and directed at a few folk. And so I'm just going to do what the Lord has called me to do. I want to invite you to go with me to the book of St. Luke, the uh, ninth chapter. There's a familiar passage there between the, 7th, the 57th and the 62nd verse that I want to read. Try to extrapolate some information, be able to impart it to the people of the Lord. When you have Luke chapter 9, verse 57, say Amen. It reads like this and it, it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, birds have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but Let me first go and bid them farewell which are at home at my house. Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hands to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And the word of the Lord is blessed. Don't anybody get upset. Just touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor pump your brakes. We're gonna pray first. Precious Father, we honor you and bless you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege of being able to stand before such august people. These are your people, oh God, the sheep of your pasture. So we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would certainly be sensitive to their plight on the day you know what we stand in need of. So we ask, Lord Jesus, my God, that you would take control now. God, impart wisdom and knowledge and understanding but most of all Lord God give us the kind of undying faith and commitment to you God that regardless of what we're going through we would declare that is for God I live and for God that I shall die and nothing shall separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus God somebody right now that's going through pray right now Lord that you would give them the strength to hold on, enable us, O God, to be support mechanisms and encouragements so that they would hold fast to the profession of the faith, not wavering, O God, but wholly leaning on the name of Jesus and the word of God. We'll be careful to give your name the glory, the honor. All of the praise shall be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 And amen. You may be seated. Cited this morning, but I'm trying to kind of hold this together. But this morning, before I really get to my point, I want us to take a look uh, at the, what I would consider to be the test of discipleship that is given to these first two individuals in this particular passage of Scripture. In verse 57, the word of the Lord says, And it came to pass that as they went in the way, That a certain man came unto him and said unto him, Lord, I will follow you whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus says something very interesting here to him that most of us leaders uh, would have been excited, enthusiastic to hear from fellow believers. That you will follow us whithersoever we go. And this man takes the initiative to stop Jesus and tell him, I'm going with you. And Jesus begins to play on this word, whithersoever. And he doesn't use the necessary word, whithersoever, but Jesus uses the the phrase, hath not well. And literally says to him, in other words, will you follow me if I'm going nowhere? And you see, part of the check and the examination of motivation is, is seeing sometimes that, that, that what you're what you're really going after and what you're really going through and what you're willing to follow and hope for, will you continue to stay fast and hold fast to it even though it doesn't come to fruition right away? So the question comes, can you be faithful when what you came after me for doesn't materialize right away? The second examination of discipleship occurs in the fifty-ninth verse where the word says, and he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And the man probably had a father who was ailing. And, and on the surface, one would probably say that... Uh, Uh, The request that he made of Jesus was not necessarily an unusual request. That makes sense to me. That uh, when his father's life was over, it suggests that then he would come and follow Jesus. Notice that Jesus makes somewhat... uh, of what I would consider to be a somewhat unusual and harsh statement when he says to the man and tells him, "Uh, I want you to stay with me. Don't you go anywhere. Let the dead bury their dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus has done two things here that if it were me, Elder effort I wouldn't have done. I'm not Jesus, though. But because what Jesus does is he has made it difficult for the enthusiastic disciple to come and he has made it difficult for the reluctant believer to leave. And the lesson here for us is simple as followers. You can't come when you want to come and you can't go when you want to go. And then there's this third one that says, Lord, I will follow thee, but first let me go and bid farewell to my family and my house. Would you turn to your neighbor and just share my my topic this morning, my little speech, and just tell them there's no turning back. The Lord won't fail you. There's no turning back. See, whenever you're dealing with the concept of commitment and whenever or wherever commitment occurs, some way, somehow, Jesus is always in the center of the picture for the saints. If you notice in scripture, most of the time when Jesus is teaching or testing on discipleship, it generally comes on the heels of some miracle that has occurred or he has performed. And the result of it is is the benefit that everybody gets the chance to be involved in as Jesus demonstrates his ability, his anointing, and his giftedness. And on many occasions in his teaching, the disciples, Jesus intimates that, 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 that simply because you are gifted, it does not necessarily mean that you will automatically be guaranteed success. And I would also say to us that those of us who are gifted need to know that your gift is always nestled within your character is housed within your character. I heard Bishop Noel Jones say one time, hallelujah, it's, it's a lot easier to perfect your gift than to perfect your character. Because your gift, hallelujah, will put you before great men, but your character will keep you there. Your gift will get you there, but if you're going to stay, you need character. There needs to be something about you that's solid, that's rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. And it makes you wish. Don't you just wish that your gift could just flow out of you? And you don't have to do a thing to perfect it or anything else, you don't have to work hard. It just flow out of you. You don't have to spend any time developing it or anything else. I wish my gift, my anointing could just just, just come to pass and, and, and through my being able, like, maybe to take medicine or something. Rub analgesic on me. I wouldn't feel any of the pain that had comes that's associated with my development. But I found out there that wherever there is a call, wherever there is a gifting, wherever there is an anointing, wherever there is, glory to God, anything that is God-given, there is also a demand that's placed on it, a demand for commitment. The church, the reason that we are in trouble is not because of a lack of giftedness. Our trouble comes because we don't allow the power of character to control the many gifts that we have. Because you can be gifted and never achieve anything of significance as far as God is concerned if there's some way somehow you don't incorporate into your giftedness a, dis- a discipline, a fervor, an obedience, an intensity that goes with developing the gift that God has given you. So right behind the outpouring of miracles as Jesus did with the centurion soldier as he did when he healed the Gadarean as he did when he healed the demonic when he when they brought uh uh, uh when they brought him to Jairus' house and and he raised up Jairus' dead daughter hallelujah right behind that comes a lesson in discipleship and God is saying to you, I didn't bless you with the gift so that you would lose yourself in inferior things and become Hallelujah. Glory to got nothing that I called you to be. The reason that I gifted you that way is because I wanted to use you to use it for my glory. Don't you try to share in the glory. I'll bless you as a result of it, but I need to get the glory. Somebody shout glory. glory. He needs to get the glory. And so once I give you the gift, I've got to speak into your spirit. And that's and 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 and, and where I speak that spirit is nestled within your character. So that the gifts that you are going to demonstrate would be flourished that men and women might recognize that this is a gift from God and they will glorify the Father as well. And and, and I will not allow your character to ruin the gift that I've placed within your bosom. And so it becomes a constant battle because nobody that's anointed, Nobody that becomes prolific in their gift, nobody that demonstrates the power of God gets there without a fight. I don't, is there anybody here that's with me? You know where I'm going. And the first fight that you have is with yourself. Because we always have this, this tendency, this propensity to always want to take the easy way out. The word of the Lord says there are two roads. One leads to destruction and the other leads to eternal life. And the road to destruction is broad and the many find it, but the road to eternal life is narrow. And few find it. And the thing about life and particularly the the life of one that has been gifted by God is that the the road that leads to your destination is generally uh, 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 like a minefield. There's just booby traps everywhere. There's obstacles all over the place. And our tendency is to come to one of those places in the road and because we are gifted, believe that there's a road that we can take That doesn't have to go through all of that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We want to be able to take the easy way. We want to take the fast track. We want to take it easy. But but if the the clear way leads to nowhere and the road that is bumpy, that is laced with trials and tribulations and obstacles leads to your destiny, it's important to be able to go through it and not complain and this becomes a challenge because we have these fleshly tendencies that keep popping up at the least opportune time hallelujah and there's always a desire on our part to want to feel good I do want to relax. We want a quick fix. Uh, hallelujah! If there was a uh, 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 the easy button, we would hit the easy button because we 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 wanna take it easy. And and, and this is this is a problem because the the, the 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 there is no devil. There's no demonic uh, demonic force that is going to allow you to achieve your God-given uh, dream, goal, desire, destiny without uh, a fight. And you got to be able to uh, redefine your normal in life because if you're going to be used by God, if you're going to be blessed by the Lord, you got to be able to know that you've got to fight sometimes. because on the way to anything that is significant, you're always going to encounter opposition. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to know you're going to have haters. You're going to see folk, and folk are going to try to convince you not to go where God is trying to convince you to go. Even people that are close to you will sometimes try to persuade you to take a more carnal path than the path that you know that God has placed you on. And I believe the Lord is encouraging us not to allow obstacles to cause us to feel bad about the negative things that we are going through. The word says, hallelujah, because of the joy that was set before the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You've got to understand that there's some place God's trying to take you. And the devil's going to do everything that he can to prevent you from getting there. But the word says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. And I believe he is sending us a word to let us know that in spite of what you're going through, you're on the right road. Uh, Hallelujah. You're running with the right group. Uh, You're in the right place. Uh, You're with the right family of God. And to the haters uh, and to the people that are against you. uh, Hallelujah. You need them to be against you. Touch a neighbor and tell your neighbor, you need haters. Because they just affirm that you're on the right road. The devil wouldn't be fighting you the way that he's fighting you if you weren't on the right road. If you weren't on the right road, he just let you walk off the cliff. But touch somebody and tell tell them, don't look back. I'm reminded of what the songwriter says. Hallelujah. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare the past is over in you. All things are new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving forward. So I need to let you know that if God gives you a gift, hallelujah, one of the things that you can be sure of, it's if, if it's God-given, that God is committed to you, you won't be in it by yourself. God says, I'm with you. Glory to God. And he'll help you to accomplish whatever it is that he's purposed for your life. Hallelujah. The Bible said that he is yoked up together with us. And the word yoke means, on the one hand, to join two things together. And so you have to understand that the Lord is with you. On the other hand, yoke also suggests submission to authority. So Christ is the authority. Hallelujah. And He calls the shots and He gives the gifts. And he ties us to him. But he has control over us as well. The gifts, the anointings, the calling of God, it creates a bond. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A bond with, with the recipient of the gift as well as a bond, uh, hallelujah, with, but between the giver of the gift. And so the greater the gift you have, the greater responsibility you have to the one that gave it to you. And it's important for you to submit to that because your success Depends uh, on your level of giftedness and how committed you are, hallelujah, to the gift that God has given you. You can't afford to miss your opportunity to stir up the gift of God that's on inside of you because greater the gift is, uh, glory to God, that He uh, uh, d- d- deposits in the womb of your spirit, uh, the greater the benefactor, uh, glory to God, is of the one, uh, glory to God, that has the gift. However, there is a the greater the gift the greater the anointing the greater the pain and you can't have one without the other now it's easy to understand who if, if you have the gift it, you, you're going to make it And but this is the part that boggles my mind a little bit because I can't understand, and maybe it's just beyond my ability to comprehend why somebody that has been gifted the way that many of us are gifted, Lord of God, we kind of sit on the gift and then have the nerve enough to complain when somebody less gifted than you begins to do what you are called to do and gifted to do When when God tried to get you to be the one to go out front in the first place. And so my message to you is to get up. Hallelujah. You need to take your life back into your own hands and stop letting other people try to talk you out of what God is trying to bless you with. and begin to understand how important it is to do the will of the Lord. You are too gifted. Touch somebody and tell them you're too gifted gifted. to act like Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland. depending on somebody else to make your life work. God has gifted you. You're too gifted. To put your hopes and dreams into somebody else's hands and allow them to come up with some scheme or gimmick just to take advantage of you. God will not call you to something that he doesn't give you the gift to do. And God will not gift you with something that he won't provide provision for. And most of the provision is your determination. Somebody say that with me, determination. determination. Your determination to climb over obstacles and trials. Uh, hallelujah, that the enemy would present and make life happen for yourself. When you begin to mature, hallelujah, and when you begin to nurture, what's on the inside of you, glory to God, one of the things that will leave you right away is bitterness. See, we become bitter when, when we feel that other people have let us down or when we haven't quite accomplished that that we thought that we should be able to accomplish. And I am going to resist the temptation to take this any further. I am just going to bypass this and believe that this is going to marinate in your spirit and that you are going to move forward. But I do want to say this. Nobody is required to give you anything. As a matter of fact, the word of the Lord said that the kingdom suffered violence but the violent have to take it by force. That means you've got to get up and you've got to take your life back. Hallelujah. And declare hallelujah to yourself and anybody else. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This joy that I have, this life that I have, this peace that I have, this gift that I have, the world didn't give it. And no devil in hell is going to take it away. And you can say that. I say that because I'm yoked up with Jesus. That means that if anybody is going to fight with me, he's going to fight with me. Because he's my comforter. Hallelujah! He is the one that, that is pulling the heavier weight of where I'm going. Uh, glory to God. Uh, I am pulling down strongholds uh, because he's with me. Uh, he is the spiritual force and power that keeps me uh, from being broken by the obstacles that, that life tries to bring my way. He's the one that speaks to me. He's the one that encourages me. He's the one that counsels me. Hallelujah. He's my coach. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many people understand coaching? We're in the middle of a football season, but but coaching means everything. And some of us that have engaged in any kind of competition can relate to the importance of having somebody somewhere. Glory to God. Encouraging you. To keep on going. That's why the word of the Lord says, Hallelujah, glory to God. Sin, we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Hallelujah, they're like cheerleaders uh, cheering over the banister of heaven. Uh, Hallelujah, when they see you, uh, glory to God, they're cheering you. Uh, They're saying, go ahead, Uh, you can do it. Uh, Get over the hurdle, Uh, jump over the pothole, Uh, run through the troops, Uh, leap over the walls. Hallelujah, it reminds me of when I go to the gym and I'm in the gym three days a week, I try to unless, unless I'm traveling. You know, when, when you're going to the gym, for those that work out, they, they kinda of understand. How, how many of you know that if you had a personal trainer, that you could get more out of your workout than you presently do? Because they're a coach, they're a spotter, they are everything that you need. Hallelujah. When you have raised the bar as high, as much as you can, as many times as you can, and you think that you're finished, they say one more. And they don't always just say one more. And watch you. Sometimes they'll help you to raise it one more. Hallelujah. If, if I had him or her uh, doing the, the workout, uh, hallelujah, he could serve as an inspiration or she could serve as an instru- uh, 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 inspirational means to me by which I am able to achieve my fitness. But regardless of whether or not you've got somebody telling you to keep on going, uh, encouraging you to let you know that you can, uh, you uh, are the ultimate means by which you will achieve fitness. If you're not going to lift the weights, if you're not going to run the treadmill, if you're not going to do the exercise, a coach's presence and encouragement does nothing for you. Their job is to encourage you. Your job is to get it done. Because if they do all the work, the effects will show up on their body and not yours. And what the Lord is saying is that you are yoked up together with him, and you have to lift your little part. He's going to do the heavy lifting, but you just have to lift your part. I'm I'm almost done. Stay with me. You're not going to uh, be able to come to the church and just drop off $100 and be on your way, and all of a sudden, you become effective. you become become anointed all of a sudden now by reason of a little hundred dollar bill you think that you have paid God off the devil is a liar there's a problem with that hallelujah this is a way glory to God that is going to be trying at times it's better when hallelujah glory to God I do something with you rather than we do, you do something, uh, or, or, or I do something for you. Try to say that again so I get it right. It's better if I do something with you than if I do something for you. And that's what the Lord is saying. It's better, hallelujah, that, that, that I do it with you. Don't expect me to do stuff for you that I've given you power to do for yourself. And that way, I'm only indebted to one person, and that's the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And there are those, and those are are, are the hands that I, I like to be in because everybody else, if they help you, they exact a price. But thanks be to God that when God does something with me and when he does something for me, he gives me the power and tells the enemy that you can't break me. Because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Would you just tell somebody here, glory to God, you can't afford to drop out. Because the Lord is yoked up with you. Hallelujah. My success depends on being yoked up with the Lord. As long as I'm walking with him, he can't let me fail. As long as I stay in the race, I run the risk of being able to win because my success becomes his success. His failure or my failure would become his failure, but the issue there is that there is no failure in him. And so consequently, there's no failure in me. My deliverance speaks to the power, hallelujah, of the God that is with me. And I can hear Jesus saying, I have worked too hard to bring you this far in order to let you fail. I don't know who I'm talking to, but the Lord said, I'm hung on the cross. I've endured all the shame. I've been despised and rejected. I've done too much to let you fail. I hung out there and died. I paid the ultimate price. I will not let you go back into what I brought you out of. And so the Lord is saying to somebody as I try to close, hallelujah, uh, uh, that to, 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 you can't afford to get out of the race. I've got to keep you in the game. I've got to make you stay. I've got to do something to encourage you. I've got to sell you something so that you reach up and grab another hold. Glory to God. Ultimately, you will become what I've called you to be if you know that I am with you. Hallelujah. So the Lord is saying, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you don't lose heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God, uh, hallelujah you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, uh, glory to God that you should go forth and and, 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 and and show forth and push forth the praises of him that has brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light, you have come too far to turn back now touch somebody and tell them uh, I won't turn back hallelujah, I said I won't turn back uh, I don't care what I have to go through, I'm not turning back. Yeah. Isaiah 40 says, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the, of, uh, uh, of the ends uh, of the earth, he fainteth not, neither is he weary. He, he, neither, he faint not, uh, he's not weary. There is no searching of his understanding, that he gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord, those that stay in the race, those that keep on saying, for God I live and for God I'll die, but those that say, I won't turn around, I won't turn back, Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I praise you. When I begin to think of your goodness, I can't go back. How you brought me out of sin, I can't go back. Hallelujah, when I was broke, busted and disgusted, hallelujah. How you came to my rescue, I can't go back. High five somebody, tell them I can't go back. I can't go back because you uh, you delivered me uh, out of an abusive situation. Uh, You saved me uh, from alcoholism, uh, from drug abuse, uh, from gang violence. Uh, Ah, God, uh, you destroyed the yoke uh, of prostitution, uh, whoremongering, pornography. Uh, Hallelujah. You you erased it uh, from my life. Uh, You made me brand new. Uh, You turned my whole uh, mindset around. I can't go back. When I was homeless, uh, hallelujah, uh, you came to my rescue, uh, glory to God. uh, I was homeless uh, and you brought me from the pit uh, all the way to the palace. You brought me through the bitter divorce. You brought me through sickness and pain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. High five your neighbor and tell him I can't go back. I said I can't go back. I can't go back. Hallelujah. God's got me. He won't let me fail. I can't go back. Hallelujah. When I look back, over my life and I think things over I can truly say God's been good to me. Hallelujah. Through many dangers and toils and snares I, I've already come. But I thank God for his grace because his grace has brought me this far and his grace is going to lead me on. Hallelujah. This When I recall to my mind, therefore I hope, have hope that it's because of his mercy that we are not consumed. And so I praise God that he has been faithful in the past, that he's been faithful recently, and I trust he'll be faithful in the future. And because I had this hope in him, hallelujah, glory to God, I won't turn back. Would you stand all over the building? I want to pray. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the name of the Lord. I don't know. About you, but God has been too good. And I know many others share this very same testimony of just how good God has been. And I don't know what it is that you're going through, but I do want to encourage you to hold on to the Lord's unchanging hand. I want to pray, I first want to pray, not take for granted that, there, that everybody here knows the Lord Jesus in the pardoning of their sins. Not sure if we're on live stream or not, but there may be those that are viewing, have made a full commitment to the Lord Jesus, this is your opportunity going to ask you to bow your heads and repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. sins. I repent of my ways. ways. Wash me in your blood blood. and cleanse me me from all unrighteousness. unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross cross just for me me. and that you you were buried. God the Father I you from the dead on the third day. And right now, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart. And I receive you into my heart to be my Lord and my personal Savior. And I thank you right now. Hallelujah. You've received that. Before you sit down, we're going to pray a little bit more. But just give the Lord a hand praise for being able to receive the Lord Jesus let me continue on in the prayer gracious father we thank you Lord Thank you for listening today If you want to learn more info about our church visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.